0: You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6 30 a.m. Thursday, twenty-six January, MPC Day, I think a quarter percent increase. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, chatting with Gary Boyson from Rand, Swiss, where Tesla results out after the U.S. closed. But what is his best way to get exposure to, to electric vehicles? We'll, we'll dig around that. Uh, Benung Mahali, President of Business Unity South Africa, the World Economic Forum in Davos. I mean, does it still have relevance? I mean, And, and, and if it does, is South Africa still important as a load shedding grips our economy. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services broker. Uh, Morning headlines for MoneyWeb. lunatic slash global headcount by a third after crypto winter. About 300 jobs on the line and business day. Astro loses money on every chicken it produces. Uh, The price of producing exceeds the selling price by around two rand a kilogram, the poultry group said. Morning markets, loads of red. US, we had the S&P, just a few points, 0.02% lower. NASDAQ off a quarter of a percent. In Asia, we've got Sydney down 0.3 and Tokyo off 0.1%. Commodities, mostly red. Gold, the exception, $1,963 an ounce. Brent, 8634. Platinum, 1,044. Palladium, Rand 1712, Bitcoin 22,200. Ten centers back after a three day holiday, up 2.9% in Hong Kong. And top 40 looking to open to the green, about 500 points or two thirds of a percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Gary Boyson from Rand Swiss. Gary, appreciate the early morning time. We had Tesla results after the close yesterday. I know your colleague Viv Govender. I've chatted with him a bunch. He looks at Tesla as a as a as a technology stock. I know there are a lot of people who really love Tesla. Uh, price has been under pressure, but they got record revenues, beat on earnings. Question to you though. Uh, Electric vehicles are obviously becoming the future. Really good reporter from City earlier in the year. How are you looking for exposure in, in, in the space?
1: Yes, I think, you know, while Viv does, does look at Tesla quite closely, I think we both agree that it's, it's very much a binary bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's the pure EV play, but it's, if you value it as a, as a tech company, and if they get their fully self-driving right, this, this is worth multiple times what it is now. But if, if they get it wrong, uh, or they can 't achieve it. this is incredibly expensive so <laughs> from a portfolio construction point of view, we actually don't hold Tesla as mm-hmm. uh, for clients uh, it's something that if a client is discussing it with us, we explain the risks to to Tesla um, we will definitely allow them to buy Tesla if you want to put it that way sure. but uh, but but definitely not something that we we hold uh specifically so it's the way that we actually get it there's many ways that you get exposure to EV and as you say, very exciting space I mean I think EVs in the US make up about 5% of auto sales globally I think in 2020 uh, they made up about 3% Uh, that's expected to rise in the US to about 75% by 2020 at least by 2030 so as you say huge growth uh, opportunity globally uh, by 2030 you expect probably two out of three cars sold to be either EV or hybrid so there's no question there's growth but the the question is, is it going to come from a, a specific EV player? And there's a whole lot you can look at. So Tesla is just one, it's the, the mm. largest pure EV player. Um, but you can look at things like NIO, which is a, a Chinese startup. You could look at Li, which is also uh, kind of, it's more like high to mid-class Chinese uh, electric vehicle uh, manufacturer. You can look at a components business like Proterra. Um, there's, uh, yeah, so which is, uh, you know, they actually, they, they've made 900 buses, but they, they specifically focus on the components and the drivetrains. You could look at ChargePoint is another one. Um, you yeah, know, they do kind of commercial charging stations and they, they're helping roll out infrastructure across Europe and, and the US. So, so there's many ways you can get exposure. But but for us, the, the, the better way is actually to, to look at the established uh, auto manufacturers. Yeah. Um, so we actually hold, hold GM in portfolios. And it's just because their, their spend is massive. A GM has, has what's called the Ultium technology, which is is a battery technology that they actually sell to Honda. So, so the established <laughs> players, while well, everyone thinks that they're very boring, uh, you know, kind of uh, the companies from from yesterday, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they really aren't, and and they're they're putting a lot of research, a lot of capital spending into into moving towards EVs. And and most of them, Ford, GM, VW, BMW, we can talk about all of them. Uh, I mean, they've got significant investments in EVs and, and they will probably be the ones that, that are supplying most of the, the global EV fleet you know, in the next eight to 10 years.
0: Yeah, I'd say at that point, it, it, it's almost the old boring folks who, who are actually kind of plugging along. And they might be late to the party, but they've also got some, some skills and some, some expertise. there. We'll leave it there. Uh, Gary Boyson from Rand Swiss. And that's our question today on our LinkedIn and Twitter. How are you looking for exposure to uh, EVs in, in your portfolio? Is it Tesla? Is it those traditional manufacturers, as Gary says, perhaps an ETF? Or maybe even at, like the miners. I mean, you could perhaps get some exposure there. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. Hear
2: that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Stanlab Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at stanlab.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager.
0: MoneyWeb now on The Money. I'm chatting with Benang Makhali. He's president of Business Unity South Africa, Chancellor, University of the Free State, and a ton else. We won't go into the rest of the CV. We would run out of time. Benang, really appreciate the time to chat again. Talking Davos World Economic Forum, is it still the big event? It seemed quieter this year, but maybe that's because there's so much else sort of hogging limelight. I'm thinking war in Europe and, and energy crisis and inflation
3: and interest rates. How big is Davos still in, in, in the globe? So you are absolutely correct. Even I decided to attend it online Mm -hmm. rather than in person. My excuse is that I'm afraid of the XWB (laughs) 1.5. But but this year's World Economic Forum had six major themes which will foster action-oriented dialogues on some of the most crucial imperatives. So I'm lucky because I've been intimately involved because I'm a member of the committee of chairpersons Mm -hmm. of the World Economic Forum. So number one on that list was the future of global cooperation. Mm. The second was the economic outlook. The third was building healthy and equitable society. The fourth was about safeguarding the planet. The penultimate one was about transforming industry and enhancing technology governance. So over and above the normal top 10 global risks, and those were the usual, you know, the cost of living crisis, the natural disasters and extreme weather events, Mm -hmm. geo-economic confrontation, failure to mitigate climate change, the erosion of social cohesion, and societal polarization large-scale environmental damage incidents. They also even looked at the failure of climate change adaptation, widespread cyber crime, and also cyber insecurity. Mm-hmm. They mixed it with natural resource crisis and, of course, large-scale involuntary migration. But what I actually enjoyed, Simon, was the fact that they also identified the top 10, and let me just mention the top six risks facing South Africa. Yeah. And those, fun enough, on top of it was state collapse. Number two mm-hmm. was debt crisis. Three was the collapse of services and public infrastructure. The fourth is the cost of living crisis. The penultimate one is employment and livelihood crisis, and the last is illegal immigration. So for me, if I put all of them together, so 29 years into democracy, the country, of course, has a thousand and one challenges, often with conflicting priorities. But maybe out of the top 10, let me just conclude, Simon, by articulating only four. Yeah, yeah. of these and number 1 for me on that list of course will have to be state capture yeah. number 2 should be youth unemployment because at 74.9% you have young m- women and men of military age who are sitting at home twiddling their thumbs with nothing to do not only are we asking for trouble we are actively inviting it yeah but also this notion of a stable reliable and predictable energy supply, not just our obsession with ESCO. And of course, the last one, I would would call it the lack of or inability or even unwillingness to implement the structural economic reforms that we've been talking about probably in the last 15 years, Simon, my dear brother.
0: Yeah, and, and when you put them together, I mean, it, it, it paints a scary picture. And in a sense, I mean, how, how was South Africa received? The president obviously not there. He stayed at home because of, of, of load shedding. But I, I remember in years gone by, I mean, if we go back to President Mandela, even President Mbeki and and, and President Zuma to a degree as well, a, a, a large delegation of South Africans who was almost shooting above our weight in, in terms of us being a, a, a small economy globally, although a significant player in, in sub-Saharan Africa.
3: In fact, what you say is absolutely correct. You see it by the disproportionate number of South Africans who serve on the committees of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. You see it in the disproportionate position, place that South Africa holds, even in World Economic Africa, the African chapter. The first four we held at the ICC in Durban. the sixth we went to Maputo, and all of it was organized 80% by South Africans. But you also see it with South Africa House. Whenever there's a dinner, it will be standing room only. When we had President Jacob Zuma, there was one year It was only him and us as business, no one else. And then we sat down and said, by the way, what were we going to say to the investors? That's when we decided, when we come back, to meet regularly with the then-sitting president. We identified five um, issues that we're going to uh, work on, each chaired by two CEOs, so 10 in total. Amongst those will be things like, unanticipated uh, consequences mm-hmm. of policy changes. The second the second and the most important was a whole committee chaired by Simpiwe Chabalala, the current group CEO of Standard Bank, as to how av- to avoid um, uh, downgrading uh, by Moody's at that time. So for me, you know, 29 years into democracy, Simon, the issues that are confronting us today is load shedding. Yeah. And for me, uh, I say load-shedding because this is what started in February of 2008. Fifteen years later, we have not solved it. So the country's power system, we know, has about six gigawatt of effective capacity shortfall, Mm -hmm. resulting in the worst levels of load-shedding in history with substantial economic costs. For me, the primary driving factor for this crisis is both the declining performance of the ESCOM fleet with energy availability factor having decreased to less than half. At one instance, it was 49%. The good chairperson of ESCOM, Datempo Pomaguana, says, is now 56%. And the second is delays in the procurement of new capacity. So when one looks at the status of independent power producers, the procurement programs for December 2011 to January 2023. The country has had seven, because remember there was bid window three and bid window three and a half, I don't know why. Yes. With 136 preferred bidders appointed, with about 13,000 megawatts, of which almost 7,200 are operational and 2,700 still in construction. That we already procured. But also 116 projects with signed agreements and the estimated timelines to be online was estimated at about June 2023 up to June 2027. Because remember, there's 18 to 24 months from agreements of bid window six being concluded until we we, we actually wheel this uh, into um, into the, the transmission lines. Simon? Yeah. And, 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 that, I, mean, and that's, I mean, that's part of the,
0: the criticism in South Africa is that we talk and we, we have crisis committees and, and nothing comes of it. And it's also a criticism of, of Davos sometimes, the World Economic Forum, lots of talking, but, but it's the doing that, that, that matters. And, and that, I mean, I don't know, it seems to be something that we as a country are perhaps poor at. But when I look at, at, at COP27, for example,
3: a bit of a global problem as well. But you see, someone you have hit the nail on the head. Remember, the president cut his visit to Sham al-Sheikh in Egypt short mm-hmm. when we hit stage six load shedding for the second time to come and solve the load shedding problem. But after two conversations with stakeholders to tackle this problem, the president has outlined five interventions that are aimed at improving the performance of ESCOM's existing fleet of power stations. Number one on that list was, how can we accelerate the procurement of new generation capacity? Two was, can we massively increase private investment in generation capacity? The third was, can we enable businesses and households to invest in rooftop solar and fundamentally transforming the electricity sector. And the last one was positioning it for future sustainability, which the National Energy Crisis Committee, NICOM, is addressing across nine working streams over and above several initiatives that are being led by business. However, levels of cooperation and collaboration can be hugely improved. So with the president having canceled his participation now at the World Economic Forum in Davos, we were told that it's due to ESCOM having to let stage six, probably for the umpteenth time, yeah. um, for an indefinite period, due to a high number of breakdowns since midnight of Tuesday, the 10th of January, as well as the requirement to strictly preserve the remaining emergency generation reserves. So the year could not have started on a more catastrophic note, because you see, If stage six is maintained for a 24 period, most people will have their electricity turned off for six hours per day. But you and I know we have family members who, on average, are being switched off for 10 hours. So ESCOM first implemented stage six in December 2019, a level of electricity rationing that had until then been strictly theoretical. So imagine at stage six, ESCOM estimates the average South African will be supplied with power for only half of the time, that's 50%, with connections turned off for up to 12 hours out of every 24 hours. So at every stage of load shedding, ESCOM rations the country by further 1,000 megawatt of power. This is the equivalent of 1 million kilowatts, or if I put it simply, 1 million kettles being boiled. So the the Department of Energy and the National Energy Regulator of South Africa, so DOE and NERSA, use a measure called the cost of unserved energy. This is currently estimated to be about 85 rand per kilowatt hour. So based on this, the cost to the economy of an hour of stage six load shedding during business hours is 500 million. So load shedding has cost the South African economy $560 billion in 2022. And you can see even the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research is absolutely concerned about this. This for me means that there was a total of probably 6,400 gigawatt hours of unserved energy in the country. So at stage six, the cost is about $4 billion per day which wipes off an entire one-percentage point of GDP per annum. Simon. And then I, I, the, and the,
0: the finance minister should fund the money for the diesel, but we'll leave that for a different day. We'll leave it there. We're out of time. Benang Makhali, President of Business Unity, South Africa, Chancellor, University of the Free State.
2: Always appreciate your time. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? it can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. That's
0: it for today. A poll yesterday, we were chatting with uh, Jimmy Moyaha talking around that Arsenal Middle SA update that actually saw them record a loss in the second half of the year after a 2.71 cent per share profit in H1. We asked if there is value in Arsenal Metal. Almost half of you said no, and, and the view was that 2023 could well be worse. Uh, just over 40% said maybe. Uh, and the story there is that China reopening and, and demand for steel. Jimmy said there's better ways to get exposure to that. I mean, think uh, uh, just good old-fashioned Kumbaya or perhaps AfriMat. The rest said that you hope so as you are continuing to hold. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. This show is brought to you by Stanlip. Visit Stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. China, the bear case. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now. On The Money.